listening to Delta Dispatches. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I'm Jacques Hebert with Audubon, Louisiana. And I'm Simone Malaz with Restore or Retreat. Happy Thursday, Simone. Welcome back to Delta Dispatches. Mm-hmm. It's been a, another busy week. Another busy week. We were still playing catch up from last week. I know. <laughs> well, I think we're finally back in the groove after Mardi Gras, but I know um, there was a CPRA board meeting yeah, yesterday. Yeah, we had a very CPRA-centric uh, week. We uh, There was the monthly board meeting. They talked about the annual plan, GOMESA, MMPA, and then uh, we followed a with um, the meeting with a tour of the Center for River Studies. Wow, I know. We've had um, Rudy on the show yeah. in the past to yes. talk about it. It's an amazing space right. in Clint. Not yeah. that long ago, yeah. It is It is amazing, amazing space. We wanted to take some people to see it, um, not just to see what an amazing space it is, but also to tell the story about how important the river is. And, and certainly, you know, we're big believers in diversions. We also took some time to go walk over to the Water Institute building. And Justin's been a past guest mm-hmm. on the show, too. Uh, and then we... We had some coastal comms uh, discussions this yeah. week, too, like with some of our friends that work in the coastal Absolutely. industry. Yeah. And it's been, you know, it's so great to see that kind of whole complex and the, um, you know, the river campus coming together. I saw something on Facebook earlier where some students from LSU's honors school, yeah. uh, honors program, yeah. were touring the Center for River Studies and um, just an amazing academic research uh, resource mm-hmm. and amazing, you know, um, tool for um, analyzing, you know, the river and its power, but also for educating people. Yeah, and the videos that that they were put together to accompany the building, it really is museum quality and, mm-hmm. um, you know, talking about coastal careers and, and things to engage students uh, as a nice showplace for field trips. And yeah, things. and um, you can actually go on our Facebook page, Restore the Mississippi River Delta, or on the Coastal Protection Restoration Authority's uh, Facebook page to check out that video, yeah, Coastal cool 101. Video. It's a great mm, three to four minute um, mm-hmm. overview of yeah, kind of the issues we're way. facing yes. and some and of the beautiful work being video done. too. Yeah. Really beautiful video. I love so. love drone footage. So, um, but today we're talking about. Yeah, we're still playing catch up. We <laughs> had so much Mardi Gras and coastal news last week. We didn't want something to pass um, to pass us by, and that's the fact that um, the Quipra. Uh, task force, which we've talked about on mm-hmm. the show before, they actually had the Nutria Control Program. Yeah. We discussed we had, was before. it Nikki Cavalier on the exactly, show yeah. before. From so Quipper. we, um, so Coastal Wetlands Planning Protection Restoration Act, otherwise known as the Bro Act, uh, every year they go through this annual process where they review projects, and then uh, the task force approves them um, either for uh, E and D money or in in some cases construction funds. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of good good projects have started in Quipra, and a lot of them are being completed there. So we're really lucky to have two guests on the show this week that have a lot to do with Quipra and its success. Yeah, and um, Mark Schlefstein with the Times Mm -hmm. Speaking has an article that outlines all of the allocations for this year and kind of the different projects that are getting funding through Quipra. So highly recommend checking that out, but also we're going to talk through some of that today on the show. So who's our first guest? Yeah, Brad Inman, who's a senior pro- senior project manager from the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers based right here in their New Orleans district, is our first guest. Brad has a lot to do with Quipper, but also he's actually our first ever Corps of Engineers guest. That's exciting. Welcome to the show, Brad. Well, thanks, Simone. Thank you for having me on. So, so our first Corps of Engineers guest. Congratulations! Congratulations! <laughs> we uh, we have so much to talk to you guys about. It's it's kind of amazing that we haven't had somebody on the show, but now I think we have the perfect guest on. Who's you have your hand in a, quite a few things, right? Yes, I do. Uh, actually, uh, I'm uh, 
uh, probably since uh, the last year. So I've actually been promoted to where I'm the branch chief. Oh, congratulations. I demoted you. I'm sorry. Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm involved in all the restoration activities we do. Oh, that's no big deal, right? You know, just that little bitty area, (laughs) right? Brad, why don't you, you are an adopted Louisianian. um, So tell us a little bit about yourself and some of your background. Well, I, I, I grew up on a small farm in, the, in Indiana, in the Midwest, and actually, uh, after uh, college, came down here to teach. Oh. And uh, I, I met my wife, uh, who's from St. Mary Parish. So I'm still, uh, even though I married a Cajun gal, I'm not uh, considered an uh, a, a adopted Louisiana. Oh, you yet. still got a ways to work to get your certificate? Brad, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm working on it, but it's it's a <laughs> work in progress. We've been married for 34 years now. So well, congratulations. Yeah. Well, thanks. Well, what do you have to do? Uh, but, do you have to perfect the rue or something in order to? <laughs> no. Uh, so we had a funny conversation just before this. How do you say Laparus? Was how do you say Cajun names? And in St. Mary, they say them different than other places yeah. too. So maybe that's the capstone. <laughs> yeah, they. Uh, they de- when my uh, wife, when we uh, moved around the country, they definitely knew that she wasn't from wherever we were at at the time. <laughs> uh, they, they do have an accent there in, in St. Mary Parish. Yeah, that's so great. Um, so you um, you have been working at the Corps for about 10 years, and so you did, you were recently promoted. But tell us about what you do at the Corps and what you have done. Uh, the Corps does so many different things, from restoration to protection, infrastructure permitting, all that kind of stuff. Tell us about your history with the Corps. Well, I came on uh, here in New Orleans after uh, Hurricane Katrina as a contractor helping out in project management and was uh, fortunate enough uh, to apply and end up getting a, a opportunity to become on as a senior project manager working a variety of projects, levy projects, uh, classic civil works projects on uh, uh, the restoration and improvement of uh, some of the, uh, the lock systems and the GIWW, and then... Uh, Eventually, as I got some experience, uh, the the real project, the the program that I really wanted to work on the entire time was uh, the Quipper program, and so I was fortunate enough uh, in about 2011 to be uh, made our uh, point of contact for Quipra, and so uh, since Quipra is you know administered by the Army Corps of Engineers, I'm the uh, chairman of the planning and valuation subcommittees and. And also because uh, our technical committee chairman, uh, Mark Wingate, has been... I know that guy. Was actually, <laughs> yeah, it was actually in Washington, D.C. for six months this year. Uh, so I've had the opportunity to chair a lot of the, uh, the technical committee meetings. So it's been a very uh, good experience for me here. So, Brad, um, many people may not know this, but um, the Army Corps of Engineers has a district office here in New Orleans, right on Leak Avenue, right on the mm-hmm. river, um, by River they Bend. They probably pass it all yeah, the time. Yeah, I had the uh, pleasure of actually attending a meeting there. It's a beautiful, beautiful facility. But tell us a little bit about the work that's done through that district office. Well, we have about a 1,000 people or so here in uh, the New Orleans district, making us one of the largest districts uh, in the Army Corps of Engineers. I think there's like 38 or 39 districts worldwide uh, that we have, and here in the New Orleans, of course, we have a, a large civil works uh, branch, and we do an awful lot of work in construction. We're still working on some of the levees from the hurricane storm mm-hmm. risk reduction system, uh, with uh, some of the uh, improvements there that, that we're working on and wrapping that up. We also uh, have a very large operations division. And so we uh, maintain and operate the uh, lock systems through, um, the GIWW throughout Louisiana. 
and we have literally uh, hundreds of miles of federally authorized mm-hmm. channels uh, that we have to keep uh, maintain and keep open. So the Mississippi River, um, you know, between here and Baton Rouge is the largest single shipping complex in North America, and it's our main job is to make sure that federal navigation channel is maintained and kept open at all times for shipping because it's vitally important to the economy here in the United States. Yeah, I saw a, a good piece from John Snell just this week about old river control structure, and, and that might be operated out of your Vicksburg office, but it was really fascinating because um, I know that because I, I work in coastal, but most people don't understand that so much of the river has centers around that old river control structure and, and what that means to shipping and navigation and to how much water goes down the Mississippi versus the Atchafalaya. So uh, so my, my uh, full disclosure, my father-in-law was a West Point grad, worked at the Corps for a long Long time so but I have full respect for the enormous amount of work that the New Orleans district and, and even the Vicksburg district has to do at the, their core offices so Brad we want to get into Quipra and some of the um, some of the really great work that y'all have been doing over the years but we need you to hold on through a break would that be okay that'd be fine okay we'll be right back after the break you're listening to Delta dispatches on WGSO 990 a.m. Hi, I'm Don Cheadle. Listen up. I want to talk to you about something important, the Environmental Defense Fund. EDF isn't like some of the other environmental groups. EDF works together with those on both sides of the issue. Despite all the fighting in Washington, EDF has found ways for both parties to support real progress. That has made our air and water cleaner and the products in our homes safer. So not only can our planet prosper, so can our future. Go to edf.org to see how you can help. National Wildlife Federation gives voices to the wildlife conservation values that are part of our country's heritage. We are charting a new course for wildlife that our children and grandchildren will thank us for. Visit our website, nwf.org slash Louisiana, to find out more about our work to restore and protect coastal Louisiana for generations to come. National Wildlife Federation, uniting all Americans to ensure wildlife thrive in a rapidly changing world. nwf.org slash Louisiana. Mardi Gras is over, but the party is far from finished. The Coalition to Restore Coastal Louisiana is celebrating our oyster shell recycling program with a two-week celebration sponsored by Shell Oil Company. Starting February 20th, our partner restaurants will have daily oyster specials. So eat up and collect special celebration doubloons. Use the tokens March 8th to win prizes during the celebration finale at Urban South Brewery. For dates and information, visit crcl.org. And remember, once you shuck them, don't just chuck them. Restore Retreat is a coastal nonprofit organization working in the heart of the Barataria and Terrebonne Basins, from the Mississippi River to the Atchafalaya. We work every day to restore Louisiana's coast community and culture with our mission of implementing long-term and large-scale projects for our irreplaceable region. We'll hope you join us in supporting the solution. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and online at www.restoreorretreat.org. Back. You're listening to Delta Dispatches on WGSO 990 AM. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I'm Jacques Hebert with Audubon, Louisiana. And I'm Simone Malaz with Restore Retreat. We have on the phone Brad Inman. We gave him a promotion during the show because I tried to demote him. Um, branch Chief, yes? 
Yes. Yes, Branch Chief of the Restoration Division. Uh, before the break, we were talking a little bit about um, some of your work with the Quipper program and, and how you enjoyed that work. So why don't you tell um, some folks about the process a little bit? It's an annual process where projects are reviewed. And then tell, tell our listeners a little bit about that. Yeah, so the, the Quipper process... Uh, you know, it was developed by all the, you know, first off, the, the team that makes up Quipper includes uh, the Army Corps, that we, uh, by law, administer the program, and then we have our other federal agencies, the EPA, uh, Fish and Wildlife, uh, NIPS, and then also uh, the NRCS, along working with the state and CPRA hand-in-hand on all these projects. And so each year we... Uh, actually finish up in January where the task force will vote on a series of projects, typically four or so that would move forward in engineering and design. And then as much money as we have available, we try to fund construction projects. And uh, in fact, this past year, I think uh, we approved here in January uh, the Kamenata Headland Back Barrier Marsh Mm -hmm. Restoration Project. And then, literally, typically, the next week or two, we start, start on Start right back up. <laughs> and, and so that literally the next week, we had a series of regional meetings all across the state uh, where the public is invited and where anyone can come up and, and actually uh, suggest a project and nominate a project. Uh, we want the uh, local people. We think that's what makes Quipra a special program is we get that input early on. And uh, those projects, uh, I think we had about 70 to 80 nominated from across the state this year. And uh, February the 27th, we'll be having a vote with, uh, we'll narrow those projects down to about 20. And then it goes through a process of uh, where we uh, eventually go look at all the projects, uh, do site visits, get information, preparing then next fall to vote. And so we are starting on uh, uh, the project priority list number 28. 28. We were uh, so I happened to be in Morgan City. That's one of the the sites, and and so they go. This is coastwide to um, the program is coastwide. Happened to be in Morgan City, and they had landowners there. They certainly had all the agencies, all the parishes were fully participating. The parish governments, and so it's a good process um, to go through and and to get a lot of ideas on the table. And sometimes people bring the same projects back, and but they're better refined, right? There's even uh, an opportunity for demonstration projects through the through the plan. Too. Yes, there is. Uh, each year we have, we have many more uh, really good ideas and projects uh, than we have money. So, uh, <laughs> That's always the case, Brad, always the case. <laughs> always the case. And so we, we try to recommend people that don't make the, the, uh, the cut to come back next year with those projects to try to figure out, refine it, improve it. And uh, again, on the construction end of it, again, we we are only able to construct uh, about two a year, but we've actually constructed 110 projects throughout oh, wow. uh, the 28 years, and well over a billion dollars worth of projects have been built here in the state. And, uh, tr- you know, truly, Quipper was the first program that was out there that was actually provided a consistent funding Agreed. Uh, right. source for coastal wetlands and a, a tremendous amount of information uh, developing those demo projects uh, and developing the science, those are all critical missions of Quipra trying to improve, you know, where we're at to this day. 
So, Brad, uh, you mentioned um, Caminata Back Barrier and, you know, the Caminata Headland Restoration Project is a project we featured on this show and had the opportunity to visit its incredible, um, you know, restoration project that's been put on the landscape. Tell us a little bit about some of the projects that have been funded um, through this latest round of Quipra that the Corps is directly involved in. Well, as the, as the, the banker, truly, we were involved <laughs> with all of them, uh, making sure the funding and, and the federal dollars are spent appropriately. Uh, by everyone. And, and one thing I would just point out, at, at the first year that the Quipra was, uh, came out and, you know, it was commonly known as the Bro Act because Senator John Bro at the time had so much to do with getting it passed, uh, we were limited to spend only $5 million a year on administration uh, for all the agencies in the state. And now, uh, and at the time that we were about a $30 million a year program, well, now we're closer to $90 million. Oh, wow. Still, only have that five million dollars. <laughs> that didn't grow, and, right? <laughs> and, wow! And so you know, I would, you know, charge anyone to go look at federal agencies and the states and see where that they have uh, literally had the same cost to administer and to run a program thirty years later, and the actual uh, funding has tripled. But uh, the core, uh, you know, recently we've been involved with a. Uh, a Fritchie Marsh project, which mm-hmm. is a marsh creation project on the north side of Lake Pontchartrain, uh, east of Slidell. Uh, we were being intricately uh, involved with the uh, Sabine Cycles 4 and 5, uh, which is out in Calcasieu by Lake Charles, where we actually took material from that uh, federal navigation channel. Uh, port of Lake Charles is like the 11th largest port in mm-hmm. uh, North America, so it's not a small port. So we took material from there, dredged it, moved it into the uh, Sabine Wildlife Refuge, and ended up creating over a thousand acres uh, of wetlands there in, in the uh, uh, refuge. And, and actually, had a uh, because of a variety of things that came together at that time, we were able to create uh, the acreage for about seven thousand dollars an acre, which oh, uh, golly. That's great. yeah, is incredibly cheap. But it was because of, of the synergy of the a program, working with everyone and um, taking advantage of all the uh, tools we had and available to us. On that note, Brad, I mean, we hear a lot about um, the benefic- beneficial use of dredged material um, program. Tell us a little bit about what that means and how the Corps, um, you know, basically operates that program. Well, the beneficial use program, you know, when we dredge from the river, uh, Mississippi River, or be it the Calcasieu River and Pass Channel, uh, you know, I, we always try to make the best use of the material if possible. Uh, we do have to follow some federal guidelines, which requires us to go to the cheapest alternative that's environmentally cleared. However, we have had great opportunities uh, in the recent past. Uh, uh, the last year or so, we've done more beneficial use along the Mississippi River in this uh, district here uh, than at any time in our history. Uh, we've created well over 20,000 acres of wetlands over the last several years of our beneficial use, Uh, but by able to to capture that material where we're already dredging and and to pump it and and to go through typically a a, a temporary pipeline and then to use that material to create a marsh platform has been very successful. It's a proven technology. Uh, We actually have a new program in this last uh, Water Resources Development Act where we're actually going to be doing pilot studies and we're actually working with our ports here in the state trying to identify unique projects. Oh, very uh, interesting. That would, that would compete with other folks around the country trying to 
again, figure out how we can best use this material and this resource that we have. Yeah, we have we have a lot of port friends, certainly all across the Gulf Coast. And, and that's one of the things they say, we need to get rid of this, right? Do you have a place for us to put it? And so uh, that'll be that'll be a good project. We're, we're very happy to hear that. You, uh, I think, dabble in lots of other things, too. Do you do some restore work? I think you're also involved with sediment diversions, too, right? Yeah, as on the sediment diversions, uh, I'm directly involved as the uh, 408 coordinator, Section 408, which is simply uh, a, a law that we have in the books that uh, if somebody wants to build something, we have to see how it would impact a federal project that the Corps has built in the past uh, how it might impact that uh, that particular project. So, for instance, Mid-Barataria uh, sediment diversion, you know, they're going to have to punch a hole in the uh, levee and uh, the Mississippi River levee system that's, uh, you know, for public safety and protection from flood events. Uh, so, you know, we take that seriously. And so, you know, the engineering will be done. We'll have to make sure it meets the requirements uh, and, and the safety standards that we have in place for the, uh, the river levee system. So, so I'm highly involved with that process. And uh, uh, as, as big as these diversions potentially are, we have a lot going on. And we're, we're coordinating hand-in-hand -hand with the state and the other agencies. And so it's really a very exciting uh, project at this time to be working on. Yeah, we've we've had the uh, state folks on, and and a couple of times we've had Brad and Rudy and and a couple of those folks on, and so we are um, happy to be engaged as part of the process as as we begin begin this plan. Um, Brad, we are up against the break. We are so glad that you came on. We would love to have you back on. Uh, there is no shortage of things that we could talk about with you. So uh, we do want to share. There's some great resources where you can find out some information about the New Orleans Corps Office. Some of the things are they have a Twitter account at Team New Orleans, which I can't believe nobody stole that name yeah, before. That's a great, uh, great handle. They're on Facebook at USAce NOLA and then have a website, mvn.usace.army.mil. You can find about careers. You can find about the projects. Thank you so much, Brad, for coming on. We appreciate it. Thank you, Brad. Oh, thank you. Bye-bye. We'll be back with Delta Dispatches after the break. Cheadle, listen up. I want to talk to you about something important, the Environmental Defense Fund. EDF isn't like some of the other environmental groups. EDF works together with those on both sides of the issue. Despite all the fighting in Washington, EDF has found ways for both parties to support real progress. That has made our air and water cleaner and the products in our homes safer. So not only can our planet prosper, so can our future. Go to edf.org to see how you can help. Restore or Retreat is a coastal nonprofit organization working in the heart of the Barataria and Terrebonne basins, from the Mississippi River to the Atchafalaya. We work every day to restore Louisiana's coast community and culture with our mission of implementing long-term and large-scale projects for our irreplaceable region. We'll hope you join us in supporting the solution. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook and online at www.restoreorretreat.org. National Wildlife Federation gives voices to the wildlife conservation values that are part of our country's heritage. We are charting a new course for wildlife that our children and grandchildren will thank us for. Visit our website, nwf.org Louisiana, to find out more about our work to restore and protect coastal Louisiana for generations to come. 
National Wildlife Federation, uniting all Americans to ensure wildlife thrive in a rapidly changing world. NWF.org slash Louisiana. Welcome back to the show. You're listening to Delta Dispatches. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I'm Jacques Hebert with Audubon, Louisiana. And I'm Simone Malaz with Restore Retreat. Brad was a great guest. He was great. So we're talking Quipra. It's always good to feature the the yes. progress and the a work. A billion that's dollars worth of work. That's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And then he say 20,000 acres yeah. created. Yes, yeah, so over 100 projects. Um, we are happy to have as our next guest, Renee Bennett. She works at the Coastal Protection and Restoration Authority, and she's uh, responsible for some of these projects. Welcome to the show, Renee. Thank you. How are y'all? Good, good. Did you enjoy Mardi Gras? We had a great time. You have a young family. Okay. Do you go to the parades? We stayed local. So we ride in South Downs Parade, ah. which is a local parade uh-huh. in Baton Rouge, and then took my son to a couple parades here in Baton Rouge. That's so fun. we had a great time. In the yeah. small world of life, uh, Renee and I were at the same birthday party in New Orleans one time. I was like, hey, what are you doing here? She's like, well, what are you doing here? So I know, I know. <laughs> that's so New Very Orleans, right? That's yeah. so Louisiana. Yep. Well, welcome to the show. Renee, um, so I know you, obviously. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background, and then we'll get into what you do at CPRA? Sure. Um, I'm a project manager at the state of Louisiana um, at the Coastal Protection Restoration Authority. Um, I've been in this position for about four years. Um, Prior to that, I worked um, within the state um, doing some um, coastal, you know, coastal protection work with through Quipera and also through LCA. Uh, And then prior to that, I was in private consulting for about five or six years. So, Renee, um, through the Quipper announcement, there was some great news, particularly for the Caminata Headland um, Barrier Island Restoration Project. I know we featured that project a lot on the show and, you know, the largest restoration project ever completed to date. But um, there's going to be some funding and some work going on on the Back Barrier Marsh. So tell us a little bit about that project um, and how it complements and builds on the work that's already been done. Sure. Um, the Caminata Back Barrier Project is um, in conjunction with EPA. They're the federal sponsors. Um, and it's going to build about, you know, 385, 400 acres-ish. Um, and the really cool thing is that, I mean, it's a great standalone project because it's restoring marsh habitat that's been lost through erosion, saltwater intrusion, uh, and subsidence. But it's also going to work synergistically with um, the other Kaminata headland projects that the state has completed to date. So BA-45, which is the Kaminata Headlands Beach and Dune Project, was completed um, for about $70 million. It was state surplus and SEAP funds. And so for the BA-171 project to be this platform um, for which the sediment can roll back on and stay within the system is, is pretty amazing. Yeah, Jacques and I have been out there several times. We love to host groups out there. And, and what an excellent point to have to capture that sand, to have it roll back on and and we love the complementary nature and the, the strategy behind, you know, complementing these big projects through a process like Quipra. Right. And we've had just tremendous support on the project. Um, we've had, um, I mean, just all sorts of um, opportunities and, um, you know, just public outreach uh, um, opportunities. Um, and we've had NGOs that have been in support of the project, obviously Restore Retreat being one of them. Um, LE1 Coalition, Louisiana Wildlife Federation, um, state legislators, um, the town of Grand Isle, town of 
uh, Jean Lafitte. I mean, you name it, we've had support on it. Uh, Port Fouchon being another major uh, uh, entity in support of the project. So, so you, um, so tell us a little bit about getting that project through the process. It's not an easy process. It's an annual process. Brad uh, Inman with the Corps, uh, before you came on, talked a little bit about that, that it's an annual process. So talk a little bit about, about that process from your perspective. Yeah, so um, the projects go through a, a kind of a series or a phase of developments. Um, phase zero is your um, kind of project conception, you know, just overall, here's the project footprint, here's the approximate number of acres, approximate cost. Once you get to finish for phase one funding, it's engineering and design, what they call. Um, and so this is where, like, the meat of the project gets worked out. Um, We do a lot of data collection, um, topographic surveys, geotech data to see what the subsoil surface is like, um, magnetometer surveys to see if there's anything in the ground like pipelines or, you know, anything, any obstacles that we need to avoid. Um, We also do a cultural resources assessment to make sure there's no artifacts or historical sites uh, in our project area. And so we put all that information together and we just kind of hash it out through the process and figure out, you know, the best design that we can possibly do for, um, you know, the funding and the footprint that we have available. And so you, y'all don't ever stop, right? So you also have a Caminata Back Barrier 2 project. And that's kind (laughs) of how we see projects these days in increments, right? The bigger Caminata project, uh, Headland project came in two increments. And it's almost like Quipper and and your projects are also following suit, right? You You have another Back Barrier project as well. Right, that's correct. So, um, so the BA-171 project just received Phase 2 funding. So we're going to go through and finalize those plans and specs um, and get to the point of, you know, advertising this project for construction. Um, at the same time, we're working on what we call kind of the sister project, BA-193, Common Auto Back Barrier Number 2. So it's essentially providing the same benefits, it's the same type of habitat, And it's going to be immediately behind our other state project, BA-143, which is coming out of uh, headland number two. So all four of these projects are working synergistically to provide protection, um, you know, recreation opportunities. um, You know, I mean, there's just a wealth of opportunities um, that these four projects combined provides uh, the state of Louisiana. Renee, you mentioned it um, earlier in the in the segment, but in terms of how this project really complements the the headland, right? So, as as far as I understand, if like a storm comes through or if there's a heavy surge, you know, it'll push some of the sediment from the headland, but it'll maintain it and save it, right, for the marsh. So, in some ways, it's nourishing the marsh. So, can you talk a little bit about that and some of the benefits of you know not having a barrier island just kind of out there without that back marsh and and what the back marsh provides. Um, both in terms of the the headland and also maintaining the sediment that was pumped in. Sure, sure. So, um, you know, there's kind of this minimum width of marsh that we want that is going to prevent breaching. So as the storms come in and the wave action comes in, there needs to be a good solid platform back there, if you will. Um, so the width of the marsh is really important. Um, we also need to consider, you know, what's constructible and what's cost efficient. Um, and what's going to maximize that retention of sediment. Um, so that's kind of the beauty of this project is that's that fine line of, you know, what's the minimum that we can do, um, but also provide the habitat and the function that we need as well. 
Well, Renee, we want to uh, we want to talk about some of the other projects that you're working on. Do you mind holding on with us through the break, and then uh, we'll get back in touch with you, and we'll talk a little bit more about those details. Absolutely. Okay, hold on. Uh, you're listening to Delta Dispatches on WGSO 990 AM. And we're back. You're listening to Delta Dispatches. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I'm Jacques Hebert with Audubon, Louisiana. And I'm Simone Malaz with Restore or Retreat. Today, we're talking about Quipra and also specific restoration projects that have that are advancing through the Quipra process. Um, we're so fortunate to have Renee Bennett, Coastal Resources Scientist Manager at the Coastal Protection and Restoration Authority. Welcome back to the show, Renee. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You know, we didn't we didn't ask Brad our fun question. No, he escaped. He escaped he did. this he probably time. Did that on but purpose, it's just an Brad. excuse to have him back, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, Renee, you still get a fun question. We Excellent. didn't even get to talk about this on the show because I think because of the Mardi Gras craziness and everything. Um, what was your favorite Super Bowl commercial, either this time or all time? Um, this time, actually, um, Dirty Dancing is my yeah. favorite movie. Yeah, how could you not? <laughs> And so the commercial with Eli Manning and Odell Beckham Jr. just was awesome. No one it, puts baby in the corner. And they got they got every yes. detail, like the nose yes. scrunch, <laughs> the the little yeah. shuffle. Like I, I appreciate that Renee is as, as a dirty dancing. Yeah, yeah. That, that they they got every part right. And like <laughs> I love that those dudes did that. You know, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, that great great commercial. Well, the game itself wasn't that exciting. No yeah. one really cared, but at least the commercials the were commercials. good, right? Yes, definitely. <laughs> well, before the break, we were. Talking about um, different Caminata projects that that you are working on through the Quipper process, we talked about the process itself a little bit. Mm-hmm. So you manage you manage other projects at CBRA. This is not all you do all day every day. Um, so, you know you have a couple under your belt: Central Wetlands by Savage, but you're also working on a hydrologic restoration and vegetative planning in Desalmans or Desalimons in the swamp. Mm-hmm. But why don't you tell us a little bit more about that project? Yeah, so for the Commonata Bag Barrier Marsh projects, they are in um, kind of design, if you will, right? So the next step after design, after you get phase two funding, would be construction. So the exciting part about this one is this is my first construction project through the Quipper program. Um, the federal sponsor, again, for this one was EPA, which they're super easy to work with. Uh, they've been a pleasure to work with. Um, so this project, once it received phase two funding, we go through a process where we finalize the, the plans and specs before we go to construction. Um, and so we're just, you know, fine-tuning the details and writing it all out in the specs so that the contractor understands exactly what their requirements were. Um, so we received a, a favorable bid. Um, Magnolia Dredge and Dock received the contract. Um, and some really cool features about this project um, is that we... Um, did the supervision and an inspection within CPRA. So normally we contract that out. Um, and so it was a small enough project that we could do that, and um, we had a lot of cost savings by doing that. Um, and the other cool thing about the project um, is that, you know, it's just really hands-on. Everybody can see it. It's, it's mm-hmm. close to Bayou Chevral. And um, anyway, it's just a very exciting project. So um, so y'all are just completed that one? Is that Yes. Yeah, we completed it. So it um, went to bid last year. It started construction in October of 2017. Um, and we estimated that it would probably take about 182 days. 
and we completed it in 89. Oh, nice. So we just had a great group of people that knew exactly how they wanted to go in and tackle the project, and it just went smooth. It, it was a great project. So, Renee, um, we talk a lot on this show and just in general about the opportunities that exist for students and others who want to get involved, maybe have a career working on the coast. Um, for them, I'm sure you're job is a dream job. So tell us a little bit, I mean, what advice would you give to a student who may be studying, you know, engineering or ecology or, you know, looking to get into work, um, whether at CPRA or just in the coast in general, what advice would you give to that student out there about pursuing a job in your field? Yeah, I would really encourage you to find out, you know, specifically what you like. Do you like the ecology behind it? And you want to be on the sampling side? Do you like the engineering, the design, the math? You know, so try and figure out exactly what you like. Come to the Quipper meetings, um, ask questions. Um, you know, any of the state or federal agencies are available to answer any questions. Um, and you, you can learn so much through the Quipper process. Um, it's just, it's a great, very straightforward process. Um, you know, and, and then uh, LSU has a phenomenal program, Tulane. I mean, there are a ton of programs out there. So find the one that is the best fit for you. Yeah, that's one of the, the things that, you know, we have friends at CPRA and there's people that do all kinds of different jobs. There's planners and like you said, there's the, mm-hmm. the, the guys with the science background, but there's also, you know, that's a little different than being a project manager um, and certainly engineering side, operations side. Brad mentioned that too. There's the outreach side that helps outreach translate side. it and yes. reach the public, right? Right. Right. So. right. We talked to Brad a little bit about that too, about how many people work at the core and, and they have jobs of, of all different types and um all kind of different backgrounds and really what you're most interested in too. So, correct. So Renee, well, uh, what about timelines? Um, anything f- to look forward to for the construction of Caminata Back Barrier? Um, you know, what kind of timeline do you look for construction on a project like that? Yeah, that's a good question. So um, we are actually meeting either later this week or early next week to kind of walk through the schedule. So we're going to lay out all the individual tasks that we need to complete before we get to um, advertising the project. Um, and so typically that would be about a process of, uh, 12 months-ish, something like that. Um, and so just depending on the timing of when we want it to be advertised, um, you know, we'll f- finagle that schedule as we need to. Um, we're also looking at this cost savings between, um, BA-171, which is the Common Auto Back Barrier 1, and the Common Auto Back Barrier Number 2 project. You know, how can we work together with both of those projects and maybe oh, get a cost maybe a little bundle on, yeah yeah like demob and mob is mm-hmm. probably a couple million dollars and good strategy you get them together and you end up with a better unit cost um and you have a lot of lessons learned right so i mean you're building the first one you understand what works what doesn't work it's similar habitat so, I mean, I just think that there's a lot of opportunities there. So we're working really hard on BA-193 to, to get through 30, 30%, 95% this year so that the timing hopefully will work out really well between those two projects. That's great. And, you know, we are going to track it closely. I mean, we can't wait to actually see it. Having visited mm-hmm. the headland, coming out of headland, and it's a great place, you know, to recreate for Another birders. Chapter. You know, mm-hmm. so it'll be great to see mm-hmm. this next increment of the of the project. Um, shifting gears a little bit, Renee, so we're fast approaching um, State of the Coast, the State of the Coast Conference at the end of May, June. You were there last time. Are you, are you going to be back this year? 
um, I, I, we, I am going to be back. I'm not going to be presenting this year, but probably um, for the next day of the coast, we're going to be talking about the Common Auto Back Barrier oh, Project. Cool. Yeah. So hopefully we'll have at least one of them constructed and, you know, we can, um, you know, help that project for what, it, you know, for... Brag on its success. That's great. Yeah, that's, absolutely. That's a, certainly another skill set that you might need is, is in in this field, right? So many people are interested. They want to talk about it. And, you know, maybe people never thought that we'd have to get up and present at a conference, but Renee did it before and she's going to do it again. And so Absolutely. that's really great. Do you get a lot of interest maybe either from other states or other, you know, parts of the world about the work that you're doing and, and kind of some of the projects that you're advancing here in Louisiana? Yeah, actually, um, I went to Atlanta, Georgia a couple of years ago and presented um, at um, Kennesaw State University. Oh, cool. Um, and, t- you know, talk to their class because they were interested about the Quipper process. And um, so, yeah, I've, I've had some opportunities to speak outside of the state. I've been to a couple of conferences, um, uh, Florida, Texas. So, yeah, there's a lot of opportunities out there to spread the word. Well, Renee, you have been a great friend to our coast. You've been a good friend to Restore Retreat. You've always shared the information on the project, which we've been happy to support. Uh, you can find out more information about this project uh, through the CPRA. They have an interactive project map, uh, and you can find that on coastal.la.gov. And as you mentioned earlier, Jacques, they're also on Facebook and Twitter, mm-hmm. too, um, which is uh, Louisiana CPRA. Well, Renee, thank you for your time today. We're so grateful to have you on. We look forward to having you on again when we get that other project funded. That's fantastic. Thanks so much. (laughs) Thanks, Renee. Thank you. All right, Jock, what do we have coming up this week? Well, you know, there's a lot of things coming up. I mean, I guess first and foremost is the Eagle Expo in Morgan City. So cool. Um, you guys might see, I mean, I see them all the time driving mm-hmm. past the Bonnie Carey Spillway, but they're, the Eagle Nest, and you'll see them soaring. But um, this is out in Morgan City. It's they love a, it, the Atchafalaya. It's, they love the Atchafalaya. You can go, you can, you know, literally see, I think, like hundreds of eagles, bald eagles flying around, which is really cool. Is that this weekend? Um, it is. It is the 22nd through the 24th. So you can go to CajunCoast.com slash event slash Eagle Dash expo um and and attend it's highly worth um going and understanding how important louisiana's coast is to a variety of bird species including the iconic bald eagle and they have a couple of ten thousand trees events coming up too absolutely yeah on the 23rd uh, and 24th there are tree plantings in carnarvon braithwaite area um through crcl and you'll be nice and warm to yeah crcl.org i know when i did it it was pretty warm too and Mm -hmm. it helps a lot yeah yeah i know that the volunteer events kind of ramp up as as the weather gets warmer right we should we should make our um, guests take the quiz as like a pre-qualifier. Yeah. We're going to start doing that. Yeah. So what kind of Louisianan are you? Take our quiz and find out your Louisiana personality, whether you're born and bred Little in Louis. the Bayou State or just proud to call it your home away from home, uh, Louisiana, and you have a personality all of its own. <laughs> so find out what flavor you add to the mix. Go to MississippiRiverDelta.org slash quiz. Roo. What part of the Rue are yeah, you? <laughs> exactly. So I'm Lil Louie, and you're... Who dat? You're who dat. Yeah, that's good. Um, I was talking to Ryan, who we've had on the show before, too, and, and I told you that my husband was like, I am not a, a classic Cajun, you know, and I was teasing Ryan about that, and he's like, yeah, you know, it's all this very mathematical way, and he's like, we're going to have to look at some of the questions, too, and figure out if if they attribute to the right area. Well, we've had another great show, Jacques. 
Yeah, another great show. Um, always good to highlight restoration progress that's happening across the coast. Um, thank you to our guests um, from the Army Corps of Engineers and um, from CPRA. Um, as a reminder, you'll be hearing a little bit more about this, but CRCL is hosting its celebration on March 6th. <laughs> um, it's a way to highlight the Oyster Shell Recycling Program and the restaurant partners that make it possible. March 8th at Urban South Brewery, there's going to be live music, there's going to be fresh oysters, raffles, and more. Um, so be sure to... Don't um, have to tell me to yeah, to res- put it on your calendars, um, bring the family out, crcl.org. Um, and yeah, I think that's it for this week. Very cool. Until next week. Until next week, you've been listening to Delta Dispatches on WGSO 990 AM. Also online, deltadispatches.org. Thanks and have a great week.